Lord, we just take a minute. And we just want to just want to quiet our hearts and our minds so that we can truly hear from you today. So we we step forward into the places that you are working in our lives. And we step forward to listen very closely, almost like a child that would run up on their parents' chest to hear them breathing and to hear their heart. We want to be that close, Lord, because we don't want to miss a thing of what you would say today. So we lay to the side the things that would keep us from hearing from you. The concerns, the worries, the anxieties, the places that we are in charge of, we let go. Hmm. Just take a deep breath and then hold on to it for a bit and then just let it out. Lord, that's a sign of surrender. Not quitting or giving up, just surrender. And you understand that. And uh, we love you. We ask you to administer today through your word. We've been a, a blessed people. If we were no longer meeting as a church, we would already have everything we need to know you, to know what you're doing, and to know who you've chosen to do it through. But there's something you want to say today in regards to our focus. So help us to do just that. And everyone said, Amen. Wake up. Here we go. Well, as usual in my life, every time I get all excited to move in a direction of study, the Lord ends up saying, Thanks for playing, but no, you're not going to, no, you don't even go there. Don't even bring those notes. And so um, a few weeks ago, I could tell you it was about he became a master builder. And I was so excited because I had one year of working with a guy that was in construction and I was ready to give the stories. And the Lord just kind of said, nah, why don't you speak on, where's your focus, Barry? Where's your focus? Um, but before we get into that, there's something that happened last night. Barb and I are new grandparents, and it's changed our lives. And uh, the problem is our grandson, Olson Shepherd Shywe, lives in South Africa. So when he was uh, a week old, Barb and I got on a plane and got on two planes, 12 hours apiece. And this is what we went to see. This is Olson. This is in South Africa. And the purpose of the one on the top left is not to show off how much I've aged, but it's this little shirt this little guy's wearing. It's a little Carter shirt. The last time that was worn was in 1955 by me. And we had given it to... Uh, my daughter, some months back, and forgot all about it. And right before Barb and I was ready to leave to go to the airport after two weeks, 
um, she went into the other room and for the first time put this on little Olson. And uh, as you can see, he's really excited. <laughs> he's going, you stinking wore this how long ago? And now you're giving it to me? So anyway, that's Olson. And they're, they're at our house for the next week and a half. They've been here. They'll be here a total of three weeks doing some ministry and some visits with people as they get ready to go back as they are missionaries there in Stellenbosch uh, doing a great work there. So it's so cool to have my daughter uh, watching her now as a mom. Um, I married a great mom, and the kids had a, a tremendous model of that. And it just seems like it's more than what she just saw in her mom. It's what God's doing in through her uh, that just makes it complete. So, um, Olson Shepherd Shiwi, what a name. Um, I want to start off today with this. In a convalescent home years ago, there was two ladies that shared a room. One was restricted to her bed, unable to get up, and... The other one on the other side of the room had the window view. And she was uh, able to get up and be in a wheelchair. And so for years, from what I understand, um, this lady that was stricken to her bed said to the other lady, tell me what you see. I, I can't see that far. I can't see out the window. So if you wouldn't mind, would you once again tell me what you see? And so this other lady, each day for hours, would explain what she sees. And outside the window, she could see this beautiful garden with kids playing and uh, beautiful trees and blossoms. And it just made this lady's day to hear what she could see. One day, the uh, lady that had the view ended up dying. And the other lady got to move over into the other side of the room with the view, and she realized, wow, I didn't know. But when you look out this window, all you see is a brick building. You see, the lady that had the view, she was seeing things not from her sight, but her mind. And it encouraged both of them. Later on, that lady found out that that other lady was actually blind. So we're talking about focus today, and it has nothing to do with your eyesight. The kind of focus we're talking about today has everything to do with your confidence and your focus on Him. You can't see Him, but you know He's there. One day we'll see Him face to face. As we live in this world, it's easy for us to lose our focus and to forget what things are important. And it's so easy to get caught up in our problems, problems of life that we forget where the focus is supposed to be. Um, I'm going to give you a test right now, real quick. Right before you put the slide on, I want you to use your focusing abilities you're just going to see the slide for two seconds. Tell me what you're focused on. Ready? 
Go. Two seconds. What did you see? How many saw something up there? Wow, this is a brilliant crowd. How many saw a little orange dot? That's funny because that was the least amount of something up there, wasn't it? And what did you do? You focused right on it. That whole other area that took over 98% or 99.3 was complete white and you didn't see that. You didn't focus on what was actually all there. You focused on the very smallest thing and it took you there. See, when we focus in on our problems, it enlarges our problems. If I were to show you another slide, you could focus in on that little dot, and the more you focus in on it, the more you only see that. And when we do that with our problems, our problems become very large, and our picture of Christ becomes very small. It's something about focus. Something about focus today. So, there's an old song that I was raised with. I won't sing it, but the lyrics are, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That's a song of focus. It's something from our hearts to the heart of God that says, I'm choosing you. I'm focusing in on you. No turning back. No turning back. I want us to talk about three things really quick where we can put our focus. We can focus on above. We can focus within. And we can focus without. Okay? Three areas we're going to talk about today. This does not conclude the teaching on focus. It just gets us going So if you have your Bibles, let's get ready. Uh, Let's turn to Colossians 3, 1 and 2. It says then, uh, If then you have been risen with Christ, seek or focus the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, another way of saying focus, on the things that are above not on the things that are on earth. Wow, there's not a whole lot of teaching that's needed here. Because of Christ, we have a new identity. We're a new creation. We still have the old in us, remember? But we have something new in us that wants to grow in Christ, grow in our spirits of who He sees us as we really are, that will actually be with us uh, even in eternity. Uh, We've already started eternity because of what he put inside of us, okay? Um, That ability to recognize who we are in Christ is everything. It's not what your mom thinks about you. It's not what your boss thinks about you. Uh, It's what he thinks about you that's important. So why don't we focus in on his definition of who we are? We're going to live such a, a greater life than ever before without limitations, When we live in ourselves, we limit ourselves. We can have limiting beliefs about ourselves that will actually keep us from doing those things because we believe it. It's called a lie. God wants to take that and exchange it for a truth about who you are, that you can live past how you feel about yourself 
and you can begin to live how he sees you really are. And that's kind of where we're headed today with our focus. And there's an emergency little sound. Okay, that means I better hurry up. All right. <laughs> wow. When we focus on our problems, remember what I said? It enlarges the problems. And you know that happens in our brains. We start getting consumed about things and we start focusing in on things and those things, be, we feed it and it grows stronger and it becomes more of what only we can see. What would happen if we exchanged that and we said, Lord, today help me to see through your perspective instead of mine? Wouldn't that change your day? Wouldn't it absolutely change your day to see things that he sees, how he sees it, instead of the way that we feel, have an opinion, or with our perspective about what's going on in our life? I'm going to take my coat off only because this means that it's hot. Um, so if then, if we've been raised with Christ, then let us look, focus, seek the things that are above instead of the things that are here on earth. It says, why? Because this is where Christ is seated, on the right hand of the Father. This is a picture of Him in full glory, in full authority, and He's finished what He was going to do. And now He sits on the right hand. The right hand of authority is leadership, right? And He sits at the right hand. We need to focus in His authority we need to focus in on his completion, and we need to focus in on who he says we are. And when that happens, our lives change quite drastically. Taking a look at above, when we focus on him, we live our lives through him and in him. It's a whole different perspective. Colossians reminds us that, um, in fact, Colossians 3, 1 and 2, actually that's not right, it's Colossians 3, yeah it is, Colossians 3, sorry, it says this, and this is, this is in the message, which is kind of the, uh, almost the Bible version, it's not a translation, but it's a paraphrase, so the, the paraphrasers take the text in Greek and all, and then they regurgitate it back like, this is what it's saying, so it takes the, the text and then it says, this is what it's saying. Let me explain it this way. So in, in this version of it, it says this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrected life with Christ, act like it. It's kind of the attitude version, isn't it? Let me say that again with attitude. So... If you're serious about living this resurrected life in Christ, why don't you just act like it? And that's kind of what you feel here. It says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. I love that. So when we focus on above, we not only see him as, as who he is, but we see who he is in us, and we begin, we, we begin to grow because of our focus on him. We get to become more and more of what he's already said we are. So a year from now, or two or three, when we have a conversation, if we're focusing on above, there should be some new things in us. 
Things that are already there but are starting to come out because we're focused on Him and He's got the keys to our heart and mind and against our limited thinking. And He causes us to be transformed, which is always a good thing. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, once again from the message, it says this, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? He says, come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That that is just gorgeous. What a picture. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. (laughs) Isn't that just a gorgeous way of saying that verse? Take a look at it. It's in the message and that's Matthew 11, verses 28 through 29. Also, there's another focus that we can choose to have. It's not only before Christ, but sometimes during. And it's within. We can focus on us. Our focus is on us. Our limitations sometimes are showing up pretty obvious. But it also shows through our perspective of what we think about stuff. And we can kind of say, Lord, I want 30% of you and 70% of me. And he goes, wow. I've given you 100% of me. And you're only using how much? And that is a focus when we are impressed and have confidence in who we are. Paul calls it the flesh. And in the flesh, he even talks about in Galatians 5. In fact, let's turn there. Open up to Galatians 5. And let's take a look at verses 13 through 16, okay? I'm actually using a Bible today. I've been using the app so long, I can't find anything. All right. Wow, these pages. You have to turn pages. Okay, here it is. Fill off for a little bit. There it is. In Galatians 5, let's look at verse 13. It says, You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So if we're focusing on us, we're not focusing on others. And we don't get to see others until we're focused on Him. So really, today, it's about, and you can do this with me, this is the interactive part of the the service. You can focus on Him instead of within so you can live without, see the others. And that's really why we're here today breathing. That's why even though Christ is in us, He hasn't taken us home yet because His plan is to use you and I to demonstrate who He is to those around. That's bottom line, that's it. I don't care if you're in South Africa, Santee or Escondido or Oceanside, 
He's living in you and you get to walk him around showing him your world as he shows your world his world. And sometimes it comes out through words. Most of it comes out on who you are and what God wants to do in and through you. He doesn't need us, but he has only one plan and it's to use his body. He says, I'm the head of the body and all of you are the members of this big body. You have great diversity, great gifts and challenges and perspectives and we're all different. And yet if an eye said, I'm not like the ear or the knee says to the ankle, you're so much lower down on the ground than me, so you must be more important. If we start comparing ourselves with each other, we're going to be uh, skewed. But if we focus on who he is and how he can use us uniquely, then the body operates a lot better. The world sees Jesus a lot better when we're healthier. So I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes these thoughts come to me as I'm driving around town, the shape that our cities are in, and sometimes I can hear the Lord is saying to me, yeah, I know, but you know what? I'm going to work through you. I'm bringing my body to a place where it has no spot or wrinkle, and they're going to see me. They're going to see me. But right now, I think in many ways, we limit what God wants to do in our cities because the, the church, the people are focused in too many different areas instead of Him. And we're trying with our perspective, we're trying with our hopeful results to make a change when the change has already occurred. It's occurred in Him, and He wants to live that out in us. So that work, that job that you have, that neighborhood you have, that uh, mom's play group that you're in, um, God wants to show up in you and I to make a difference where we are. And he's given us relationships to demonstrate that and to enjoy that. How many have a few good friends? Great. How many want a few good friends? Okay, we'll talk to the other people. Um, so in Galatians 5 and 13, once again, it says that, that we have been called into freedom, but don't use your freedom for the opportunity of limiting yourself operating through the flesh. That's within. All right? The other thing about this teaching today is um, it's not going to be magnificent in, wow, I can't believe I heard that for the first time. It's going to be, wow, I know this stuff. Wow, you just confirmed some things. And that's what I want to try to do. I want to try to bring your focus to the things that we need to focus on. The one you feed will always be the strongest. The one you focus in will always be enlarged. So if you're focused on you today, then you're limiting God. You're also limiting what he wants you to do. And wouldn't it be great today if we could stand back and adjust our thinking and adjust our, our focus on him in a way that will never be the same again. That we'll start operating from that. Not visiting it, but start to operate from it. The other focus, one is above, one is within, and the other is uh, without. And I'm using this without word to say this is our calling, this is our purpose, this is the ability that God gives us to influence and demonstrate his love while we were yet sinners. He demonstrated his love for us by what? By dying. He made us whole. 
And that's our message. We're living out this message that he changed me and he changed you and we can change those around. So I'm using this definition as more as what are we doing with our focus in him doesn't just show up in us, but it really starts showing up in the others. So there's him, me, and others. Those are three focuses. We get the others because we focus on him. Because that's his heart. We won't see that or operate in that if our focus is on ourselves. Because we're selfish. It's me. And we start seeing things through me eyes instead of compassionate eyes of the Lord. So this thing talking about us ministering to others... I love Romans 12, 1 and 2. I couldn't get away from this verse. It's a familiar. And I'm trying to use familiar scriptures today because I want it to be familiar. Okay? So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says this, based on the first 11 chapters of Roman, everything, everything he has said, he says, therefore, based on all of that, I urge you, that's a strong word, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want a proper worship. And I'll do that because I'm, I'm letting go of my focus on me and putting it more on the Lord so that I can kind of see what he sees and do the things that he wants to do in and through this imperfected um, body and mind that I have. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mind, that's a kind of a focus word. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Hey, if you want to nail the target every time, know that you can't. Romans, what is it? 3.23, for all, what is it? Come short of the glory of God. Every time we aim for something to be perfect in or to say, I can do this. Every time we pull back the bow and let go of the air, we miss the mark every time. Our best is as filthy rags in his presence, but he loves us. And the great thing is he calls us holy. Why? Because he's in us. When he sees us, God sees his son Jesus who's perfect, who's holy. We don't get what we deserve because of what Christ's sacrifice did for us, covers us. So if you have stinking thinking today about who you are or limiting beliefs in who you are and what you can do, your focus is all messed up. It's on you. And you discount what God has given you. But if your focus is on Him, all of a sudden who we are makes a difference. All of a sudden who we are can change the world. Why? Because the world changer lives in us. And we, we get to walk it out each and every day. So our focus is very important today. I'm going to share this quick thing because I think it, it's appropriate. Um, it's the difference between the function of a 
thermometer and a thermostat. The thermometer reads the room and tells you the temperature. You adjust to the room and it tells you it's 78 degrees in here. The thermostat on the other side of the coin is powerful. It adjusts the temperature in your environment. If it's cold, if it's hot, it makes adjustments. I think for a long time, we're pretty much kind of go with the flow people at times. Where we adjust to what the thinking is around us. Or we adjust to the things that we say are important. And we make it important because it's around us. See, this is kind of the verse Romans 12, when he says, don't be conformed to this world, which means to be changed from the outside in. He's saying, no, you you need to be transformed because of who he is in you. Let he who is in you become who you are on the outside of you. Transformed. The difference of conform, meaning I'm changing because of the pressures and shapes around me, of who I am, to now I'm transformed of who He is in me, now lives on the outside. Wow, that's called transformation. Pastor Paul, Paul, who is he? I don't know. Pastor Ron, um, <laughs> not sure, just, I just deal with this, imp- you know, this, this, this sinful body and mind, it just... Sometimes it just shows up. I apologize for it in advance. Pastor Ron said so beautifully, what was it, two weeks ago, he talked about transformation. Remember that? If not, go to gracetalks.org and uh, go back two weeks or so and you'll, you'll hear it. The word transformed so beautiful because it's painful, but the unique opportunity to be a, a worm into this gorgeous butterfly flying. It doesn't happen overnight, but this is what God's doing in us. He's already done the work. It's already in us. Can you say amen? He's already in us. You're not going to get any better than you are right now with Him. He's not going to love you more if you fulfill these next three steps like new certifications. No. Point blank, He loves you. He's done everything for you and in you. It's there. Now the... The transformation still happening. We're becoming more and more on the outside of who we already are in the inside. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have to tell you, my mom, wow, every, I can't remember a morning off to school where she just didn't stop me in my tracks and say, greater, and that's all she had to say. And then I'd say, is he that is in me, then then he that is in the world. Every day, she would remind me of who I am in Christ. And I think it changed my life in many ways. Um, But when you think about it, it changes your life in many ways. He is greater. The one that's in me is greater than this world. I had to do this... um, I was listening to a lot of news, and I realized, wait, there's news so that I hear the bad stuff, so I'll listen to the next day 
for the bad stuff. And it started to affect my mind. And so for the last two and a half months, maybe three, um, I don't turn the radio on and listen to news. I don't, I don't listen to it through an app when I'm in the garage because I'm not impressed what man can do in this world. It's not going to come out of laws. It's not going to come out of opinions or programs. We need Christ. We need Christ. In our world, our nation needs a touch of Christ to turn this around. And, and his, his plan in this is to use you and I. The local people. <laughs> the everyday people. He uses mightily in a great way. So this transformation that I'm talking about, it's a focus that we can have. When it's on Him, it becomes about others. And we get it by this other word in here, renewing of your mind. Let's just say it, resetting your focus. And if you take the word renewing of the mind in, in the biblical sense of the world, word, it literally means to adjust your thinking to the wisdom of God. Is that awesome? We get to adjust our thinking to think like Him. To know what He's thinking. To know what He knows. And that comes into our life and it causes us to be transformed. It's another word for metamorphosis. I love that word. I don't know how to spell it, but I love that word, metamorphosis, that we walk into the cocoon one way and we come out a whole different way because we've been transformed and it all started with our focus. It all started with the renewing adjustments of our thinking to his wisdom. And I want this so bad for you today. So bad. So I continue. And it says this. Oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and share this. I'm just telling you out loud what I'm doing. I'm trying to keep you aware of where I'm headed. Here's something. In a busy, crowded bus in New York, um, one of the stops it made a father and three young kids got on. There was just enough seats for the, for the four, and they filled in the seats. And about four minutes into the route, um, the father just seemed to be dis, disengaged. He, he was not looking after his kids. Everybody else was. And he just, there were these three kids of his, and they just started running up and down, screaming and hollering and knocking things over, and everyone on the bus was going bananas. It's like, Father, wake up. Get a hold of your kids, thinking. Finally, one, uh, after this went on for a while, one of the, the uh, bus sitters <laughs> came over to the father and said, Excuse me, sir, your kids... Can you get a hold of them? They're driving us crazy. They're running all over. And he goes, I know, I know. I know. And he said, what you don't know, I just want them to be kids. And I don't have the heart to tell them yet that we've just come back from the hospital and their mother's dead. I don't want to change their behavior. 
I don't want to give them the news that I have to tell them. And so I'm so sorry, but I need some more time. Well, didn't that change your, your whole perspective on the whole situation? Weren't you one of the bus sitters that were going, Dad, come on. If you don't, I will. I mean, you, you walk into Costco, don't you do the same? <sighs> and we don't have the full perspective. That's our perspective. So we need to be careful of how we treat each other, think about each other, because we don't know what they're going through. The other part of that is we may miss out on an opportunity that God would want to do in the midst of that, but we were too busy focused on us to see it, the within. And if I could challenge you today, there are people that you work with, live with, know, that need a whole lot of less of your perspective. And I think what we need to do, and they need to see, is God's wisdom, God's perspective, and what He would ask you to do. It all goes back to focus. If you're self-focused, you're going to live a selfish life. You enlarge it. It's bigger. But when it's about Him, He gets bigger. He's enlarged. He starts showing up in your thinking, your decisions, you know, your will, your emotions. Because... You've activated him. He's activated and he's living. And as you focus on him, he gets bigger. I love stories. I'm sorry. One more. One more. I love motorsports. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm sorry. You're going to see... Cars, motorcycles, speedboats, you know, you name it. I love it. And uh, I've always loved it. I, was, I lived in a family where my older brother uh, was a professional car racer and got killed at 23. So it's always been in me. I found out in some research that when you travel at speeds of, on an average of over 200 miles per hour, Pretty fast. You think about it. Give you some perspective. Just 200 miles per hour, you're traveling a football field every second. It's like 97.5 feet. I mean, a football field in a second. So when you're trained as a professional driver, be on a two-wheeler, a four-wheeler, or whatever, you don't have time to find your focus. You've got to be focused. You've got to concentrate 
And take all your training and think about where you are and where you're going, not what's around you. And so they literally teach drivers to never ever think or focus on the wall. <laughs> Do you know why? <laughs> because if you see the wall, you're going to hit it. What you're looking at is where you're headed. And at that speed and that lack of focus, you're going to hit the wall every time. So if that's true for drivers at high speeds, how true is it for you and I today in this world to concentrate and redirect our focus every day on the above and not the things on earth? Not me, and when I do, it's about others. Just about every scripture in the New Testament turns towards loving others in some way, ministering to others. And you get the idea that this thing is really not about me. <laughs> it's about others. He radically saved us, gave us everything we need so that we can see what he sees. And when he sees, he sees others. Do you remember in Matthew when they were going from city to city? Jesus saw the crowds, the multitudes, and it says that he saw them through eyes of compassion. He didn't see a crowd. He saw individuals and he saw what they were going through and his heart was heavy. And it, he said they're distressed. And they're cast down. They're like sheep without a shepherd, and I'm the shepherd. The word downcast is a boxing term that means you've been hit so hard, the next hit you're going down without any strength to get up. Downcast. The word distress, literally, it's a violent, violent word that literally means to be attacked, raped, or beaten. And he saw the multitudes distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. So if, if God's heart hurts to help others, he's chosen you and I to touch the others. And we can't do that if our focus is on us. We can't do that. In fact, we can't even look at others and focus on others without focusing first on him or else we'll do it in our strength. Boy, that goes over really well, doesn't it? I want you to be blessed, so take it. I mean, we just don't have in ourselves not only what to do, but the spirit in what we do it. I better get a tax receipt. You know, it's, it's always us. But if you focus first on him with what he has to offer and what he wants to do in and through you, it changes others. It, it changes nations. It, it changes cities. It changes neighborhoods, campuses, homes, friends, family. When we focus on Him, the above, the abover, <laughs> He does something in us where we see who we are in Him and in power, we distribute. We make ourselves available to the others. 
want you to bow your heads. Well, no one's looking around today. Focus in on Him. Maybe today, it's been really difficult for you to hear this because you feel so validated in your sight instead of His. And it's hard for you to let go. I'm going to ask that you take a simple step of faith to say, I drop my weapons. I drop the list. And Lord, help me now to reset my focus on you. I never did ask how you saw this or what you wanted to do in and through this. All I could see is what I see. And my perspective is flawed. So Lord, I come to this place and I say, Lord, I surrender. Maybe you don't know the Lord today as you thought you did. And today, perspective for you is surrendering by, as Paul would say, you've been urged to present yourself as a living sacrifice. That you just come with all that you have, and you say, Lord, I'm yours. 100%, not 30. I don't know what you want to do or when you want to do it, but I'm here. You're calling the shots. You're the head of the body, and I'm not. You are God, and I'm not. And now my focus is from me to you, because I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though no one would come with me, I still will follow. Would you make where you are an altar? And would you examine your heart's throne today? Who's on there? If you're looking at the throne of your heart and you're there, you need to move. If he's there but not in his full glory then move over. Let Him take that place, that rightful place. And if you don't know Him today, oh my, would you come? Would you come? And you'll find such a compassionate heart where He would say, please, Come, I have new life for you. Starts with a simple prayer you could say even now. Lord, I don't know you, but I want to. Take the sin that has separated us. It's clouded my focus and my, my sight from you. So I can see you. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me as though I've never sinned before. So that you would come in. And I would choose to focus on you. That you would make it about others instead of me. I know I've done a lot. But nothing compares or would get in the way of what you've done for me. 
So I leave it in the past. And I, I move towards you. Wash me clean today. And let me live for you. If you use that prayer today to come home in his arms, then I'd, in this very simple moment, just lift your hand. There are some people around you that love Christ and would love to welcome you home. And just lift your hand even now. And if not, if you've done that, tell someone. Say, hey, I, I accepted Christ today and it feels good. Not sure what I need to do next. But this is a loving church that will help disciple you, help come alongside you. And uh, we're, all, <laughs> we're all in this together. None of us are here because we've done well done. We're here because we didn't. And he did and calls us the same. Calls us the same. Stand with me. So where's your focus today as you stand? Think about it. Make the adjustments and watch them work in and through you. Great days are ahead. The best is yet to come because greater is he that lives in me, that is in me, than he that is in the world Let's focus on that and make that uh, the soul of our life.